Welcome to the Women Inseparable Freedom Series with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Here's Jacqueline. All right, Romans 8, here we are on our final video of our Freedom Series, Bittersweet. And some of us might be excited and ready to run. <laughs> like, too much, done, and maybe we'll revisit this series. Um, but I do encourage you to go back to any of the, the videos that are needed to help you with your sword, with your journey. Freedom is a thing that we already have, but we need to be reminded of often. Satan doesn't want us to have freedom. He doesn't want us to think about our freedom. He doesn't want us to own our freedom. He doesn't want to run our marriage in freedom. He doesn't want us to run our single life in freedom. He doesn't want us to live a day with freedom on our minds. He doesn't want it. God does. The Holy Spirit does. And this is that war within. We have to choose. We have to choose to stand on the freedom that we have so freely given. With that, we're going to do Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 26. We're going to do verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Period. Sometimes Paul talks a long sentence that's mixed up in a lot of verses. This is a small sentence, a good sentence to memorize. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And then it continues, and he says, For we do not know what to pray. Do we know that sentence? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit himself, intercedes for us. And he intercedes with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes I picture the Holy Spirit praying in my place to God, and I picture him being so fluent in speech. He knows all languages. So I picture the Holy Spirit, like, because I'm a word person, I love words. So when I'm in my prayer position before my God and I don't have words, I always in my head know the Spirit just knows the right words. And he's using the right adjectives and the right clauses and the right tone. But according to scripture, there are no words being expressed. It's a groaning. And that's releasing. To me, that's releasing. It doesn't have to look good. How many times I've been asked, how do I pray correctly to the ears of God? Well, the Holy Spirit himself is groaning to God. Maybe we can follow suit. Maybe it's okay to get on our knees, to get on our face and to groan before God. And without saying a word, not hearing a word, not doing anything, but just groaning before God. And you stand up and you walk away as a weight has just been lifted. Maybe that's what your prayer life looks like right now. Maybe. The Holy Spirit groans too deep for words. Verse 27 says, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is something to hold on to when we're laying down. We, this is a lot connected to last video, but we talked about those trial cards that we lay down and we want our answers, we want our solutions, and we want relief. 
not so much that we're, we get our eyes off the freedom that we have and we just want tangible relief. We want emotional relief. The Holy Spirit knows that. And he's groaning with his spirit and your spirit to, to God according to the will of God. So maybe next time you're groaning and you know the Holy Spirit is groaning and you ask God, why, why isn't this being lifted? Why isn't this going away? Maybe this verse is something you need to hold on to. Maybe it's the point that you know it's still here. It's still a thing. And I'm not talking about freedom from sin. Those are, those are past videos that we can jump to anytime we want to talk about our sin life. But talking about those trials and the reality of human living. And we've got this facing in us and surrounding us and we just want relief from it. And we just want to breathe. The Spirit's doing His work according to the will of God. Hold on to that as a promise. Hold on to that as a promise. God has all things in his hands. He has your groanings in his heart. Trust him. And here's how we trust him. Famous, famous verse, putting it in context. Here's what it says. And we know you and I, believers in Jesus Christ, joint heirs with Christ, we know that for those of us who love God, that thing, that trial, that season, that life, that marriage, that child, that job, that health, that girl day, <laughs> all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We have freedom and holding on to that trial. We have freedom from letting that thing wash over us. We have freedom from letting that stop us from living. Sometimes, my pastor said this a couple weeks ago, that sometimes people are so afraid to die or so overwhelmed with that, that they're not living. We do this with our trials. We're so consumed with our trials that we're forgetting to live. We're so consumed with that situation that we forget to talk to people that can fill us with joy. We get so consumed here that we forget that there's other people alive. You ever done that? How are you doing? And all you do is talk about you, 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 you. And you're like, but I have to get this off my chest. Did you know that other people need to get things off their chest too? When we leave our card before the throne, we have freedom from it, from it controlling us, from it overwhelming us. And we have freedom to embrace the life that God has called us to live. Not good. God gives us our people. He gives us our friends. He gives us our, he gives us this. We have the very word of God to hold on to at all times. Keep the trial where the trial belongs and live. I'm going to skip down to verse 31. Verse, I'm not going to skip down to verse 31. I want to read this passage in context. And sometimes the preaching on this um, differs. And I pray the Holy Spirit will speak what our hearts, where we are, as we are need to hear it. As a child of God, as a joint heir of Christ Jesus, it says this in verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the very image of our brother. 
How does that sound as you stand there as joint heirs before the throne? You and Jesus. And as you stand, oh, this is beautiful. As you stand before the very one who has known you from the very day he created you and you stand there next to Jesus before God, as you stand there, you're being conformed into the very image of Jesus Christ. Almost as if, if you stand so close to Jesus, he's rubbing off on you. Almost as if you become like those you hang around. How many of us are raised with that phrase? How many of us have used that phrase with our children? Carefully hang around. You're going to become like them. This is exactly what God is telling us as, our, as daughters of his. You want to become like my son. I've designed you to become like my son. I've created you to be like my son. I've called you joint heir with my son. Show up. What do I wear? Don't care. What do I say? Don't care. How do I stand? Don't care. I can't stand. Good be next to Jesus. And the more you're next to Jesus before my throne, oh, sweet daughter, not good. You become the very image of Jesus Christ. Oh, I had no idea where this freedom study was going, but I'm loving where God is taking this and where he's finishing this. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Oh, that you find your label in here, that you'll replace your name in here. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Do you see how God sees you? That's who you are. You're in his image. You're called, you're justified, you're glorified. You are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, becoming the very image of Christ Jesus. And then Paul asks the question. He says, what then? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Solid question. And if you don't know that answer, I pray you'll stop this video right now and get on your knees and ask God for that answer. I pray that you'll talk to a pastor or a friend and find your answer to that question. If God is for you, then who can be against you? Who do you give that authority to? Who are you giving permission to be against you? They only have that position or act like they have that authority because you give it to them. But if you are who this scripture is saying, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ risen again, then the answer to this question, not to give away the answer, but the answer is no one. If God is for you, then nobody has that authority to be against you. He who did not spare his own son, but gave Jesus up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? There's another question. He asks so many questions. And whenever you see a question written in scripture, I implore you answer answer it. According to you and God, answer it. It's a great personal challenge. Verse 33, the, the verses in this <laughs> scripture are very small. Who shall bring 
any charge, who shall bring any charge against you? We already knew from scripture, we already know from your testimony of your belief in Jesus Christ that you are God's elect. Therefore, the question is saying, who can bring any charge against you? Question mark. Pause and answer that. And if there's a physical name, then you're saying this person is bringing a charge against me. This person is condemning me. Go back to Romans 8, 1 and saying there is therefore now no condemnation. Put that human person next to God and declare, do you have charge over me? The answer is always no. Do you have the right to judge me? Okay, no. Do you have the right to throw those stones at me? Let me see. No, no. The answer is always no. You ask the question, then why does it hurt? Why do I feel condemned? Why do I feel judged? Why do I feel? Because you let it. Can I be that blunt? Sometimes they feel rude in my answers, but the truth of the matter is you're only giving them authority if you give them the rocks. Sometimes we open up their hands and we say, here, here's how I want you to judge me. And then you stand there and you take it. Sometimes we do this in the mirror. God is the only one who is looking over you, watching over you, calling you by name. And his name, sweet friend, for you is always kind. It is always love. It is always pure. It is called. It is justified. It is glorified. That name that crosses your head, I'm a fill in the blank, that never comes from God. Don't let that condemnation come in you. It's God. God is the only one, only one. Scripture says, who is to condemn? Question mark. Spend time with that. See your freedom from that. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, Christ Jesus was the one who was raised. Christ Jesus is the one who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. It's repeating everything we just looked at in Romans 8. I'm going to read these verses as we close our freedom series. I pray you will cling to these verses and you'll let these verses wash over you. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation consider your areas of freedom? Shall distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, your this is God's sake. We are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered, almost as if we are suffering with him, as we saw in Romans eight seventeen. For your sake, O God, our trial card, for your sake, O God, not my will, but yours be done. Verse 37 says, no, I love that word. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything, anything, anything in all creation, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
Oh, sweet friend, you want freedom? The answer? The answer is Jesus. In every way, in every season, in every trial, in every victory, in every success, in every tear, in every joy, that freedom you're wanting, the answer, the answer is Jesus. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.